Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, The Abyss. In the year 1989, life's abyss and then you dive. Well, I just spit, sorry. <laughs> I, was, was I, was, I was trying to do like a jug music, like, you know. Oh, okay, all right. There, you have the means to do it. I have yeah, I've the got a glass means. coke bottle. You've got a full beer. <laughs> <laughs> I should just do drug music. It's like the Simpsons where Homer's like, Lisa, drug music, make me happy. <laughs> um, there is no drug music in the abyss, just lots of angelic. That sort of thing. And some sort of Terminator esque. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad soundtrack. Um, Alan Sylvester, we worked that out already. It's, just, it's got both of those things, for sure. Mm. Hi, it's Matt. It's Luke. It's a sci-fi sanctuary. And it's Cameron Month. All right. A is for Cameron, maybe. A, a lot of his movies do start with A. I mean... Those ones we're covering. Yeah. <laughs> we got Avatar 2 coming out relatively soon. Who knows what we will think of that. I really don't know what I'm going to think of that movie at all. Between this movie, Titanic, and Avatar 2... I've got so much respect for James Cameron. He does what he wants. Yeah, just being a dude who's like, I'm obsessed with going underwater, so I'm going to get the studios to pay lots of money for me to make underwater things. Documentary form too, as we mentioned, right? Yeah. I mean, no, you got to impress. Like, he's like, I want to go in little submarines to the bottom of the ocean. And that's what he does. He has the record at this time, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, I think he's been the d lowest depth of anyone, yeah. Yeah, so he beat Ed Harris. Yep. Okay. Um, if you, do you know the 9-11 anecdote? What's that? Um, James Cameron and Bill Paxton were in a submarine in the main hall of the Titanic eating lunch when 9-11 happened, <laughs> <laughs> completely cut off from the world, and then came up from underwater to discover that 9-11 had happened. Do you think they took their sub into... Th were they diving or subbing? Sub they took their sub inside the Titanic. Into so the dining lunch room? In the dining room, yeah. That's awesome, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, there's lots of stories about Cameron being a bit of a prick, but you, that's, that's, that's a real game there. Well, um... Because I was, I did watch a sort of making of documentary of the abyss afterwards, and like, apart from the um, female lead, who like had a legit terrible time and hated him, most of the actors were like, he was harsh, but he was professional. Yeah. And like Ed Harris, like liked the challenge. Um, Michael Bean like had a good time. Everyone respected. He's always Cameron. there. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, it wasn't like a. We hate this guy. He's a he's an asshole. It was like, this guy puts in a lot of effort and expects you to too. Well, they had to work in a giant dive tank for like ever. <laughs> that has to suck. <laughs> like in the consensus, does this get lumped in with Waterworld? Nah, people. I think the especially uh, we will talk about the multiple cuts and especially since the 
special edition cut showed up. I, I think the Abyss is uh, considered a like kind of a pretty good lost blockbuster. Because yeah, it did only just break even. Yeah. Oh, in the theatrical run, yeah. Dude. And like between this and Waterworld, it was just like, don't make water films, guys. Yeah. I mean, just quality wise, even the theatrical. Oh, I, cut I know it's it's is way more watchable in Waterworld. Yeah, it is considered. Which isn't a good quite film. as bad as people say it is, but. Do you know they've got a huge Waterworld section at USJ? Really? Why? I guess they thought it was going to be big. Stunt show? Stunt show, yeah. Okay, that, that makes a little bit of sense. <laughs> I, I, I must have heard of it before because I said that. Because we were on our way to Nintendo Land, and we were like, what the fuck? Why is there a huge sign for Waterworld? <laughs> and seemingly a whole Waterworld section behind it. <laughs> so you can drink your own piss, that's why. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Abyss... Like, I... We saw it opening weekend or not long after. Um, I spent several years watching the theatrical cut. And, I, you know, it seemed a little more flawed. I think the special edition, it was like, oh, this movie has actually has a point to it. Which we'll get to a little later, I'm sure. Um, I think I did watch the theatrical one at some point as a kid. Because mm. my uncle had every movie on VHS, right? So I would have seen it. He knew I liked Terminator 2. He thought, I'll check out this one. It's yeah. The same effect. Uh, but I'd get, my only memory of the abyss was the water tentacle, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, many years later, um, my then girlfriend had a big crush on Michael Bean, <laughs> and so we watched the Terminator films a lot. With the with the stash and no, thing? she didn't like watching the abyss because he's a baddie and he has a horrible mustache. <laughs> so we watched it once. <laughs> okay. No, I, I again I've seen this enough times. Like I, I did watch it for this podcast, but I, I did have that second. Do I need to watch it again? <laughs> I always watch it again, even when I do know it. Yeah, well, well that's what I did. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I haven't just been like, I know this movie well enough and didn't watch it. But this was one thing where I, I could probably do that. You could have got away with it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's one... It's not a watch-over-and-over-again film for me. When The Abyss is good, it's really good. This film is too long and quite boring. It's a little long. One thing I really like about it, I might be bringing this up a touch too soon since we're mm. still in our intro, but... um. I really like in this film that there seems to be like a small little problem and within two minutes it's like dire as fuck and yeah. that happens like five times like that's that's cool that you don't see that much in movies because you're just like oh shit there's a problem <laughs> immediately in here yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Oh, what's this and, and it just it's like a horror film in that regard you know well, it that's what's weird about it it does oddly have half the cadence of a horror film and then never gets to the scare like, because the way it's got a big cast of characters in this space, it feels like, oh, right, they're like in Aliens to be, get killed off. <laughs> and then most of them don't. <laughs> and then it's called The Abyss, and it's all set underwater in the dark. Yeah. But it's not really a horror thing. Well, I think Cameron wants people to feel comfortable going into the deep sea. Mm. Oh, he, that's his I thing. don't think he achieved that. <laughs> he makes it look pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the rig does not look... Well, they have a nice drink machine, at least. No, he wants people to think that he's a badass for going underwater, so he doesn't want his films to make you look safe. Mm. <laughs> but he's eating lunch on a Titanic and putting, yeah. like, you know, multiple soda fountains on his rig, so there's that. <laughs> so at least he wants you to, like, have a lot of sugar underwater. Yeah. Okay, here's a plot. That wasn't necessary, but sure. <laughs> I could cut it, but I'm not going to.
USS Montana, a nuclear submarine, eats submerged dirt in the Caribbean's Cayman Trowel. The Navy sends some SEALs under command of Lieutenant Hiram Coffey down to the underwater rig Deep Core to go on a salvage mission. Along for the ride is the rig's designer, Dr. Lindsay Brigman. This becomes a touch awkward since Deep Core's commander is her estranged husband, Virgil Bud Brigman. Things go reasonably... Things go reasonably swimmingly at first as they explore the corpse-stocked Montana. Coffee goes back out a second time to grab the souvenir of a nuclear warhead. This is a bit of a problem as the lieutenant is coming down with deep-sea psychosis. It probably doesn't help that news reports show that the surface world is about to plunge into nuclear war. All the poopy hits the fan as the storm battles, batters the surface ship which loses a crane that starts to drag deep core into the <clears throat> abyss. At the same time, strange lights begin to appear around the rig, and the crew realizes these beings are coming from the bottom of the nearby trench. Lieutenant Coffey assumes these are the commies and drops his armed nuclear warhead in the alien's general direction. The Brigmans and their buddies neutralize Coffey, and Virgil volunteers to take a deep dive with an experimental liquid breathing solution to defuse the nuke. He manages to do so, but is running out of oxygen and is doomed to die. The aliens swoop him onto their ship, threaten the world with destruction since humans cannot stop fighting, but pull back just because Virgil and Lindsay want to make sweet love again. The ship blasts up to the surface, and humanity is given a clear galactic warning to chill out on the dick moves. weirdly late to mention that there were aliens in this film. I, when I was writing it, that occurred to me too, but <laughs> they don't, you just get a few glimmers of light at first. Mm. Lindsay encounters one, which, uh, you know, trying to keep the plot rolling, I didn't put in each moment yeah, you of could that. Have just just, the way I would have fixed it would have been to mention that the submarine sees a strange alien light for crashes. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's not like a, I don't care much. It's just really <laughs> funny that I was like, wait, is Matt going to mention this film has aliens? No, it occurred to me writing it for sure. But I, I yeah, just the, I mean, the aliens don't matter until that part of the film, really. You so. do, you do get a long way into this film, and they're not really a presence. I mean, that they sunk the submarine in the first place. I mean, I do like how it's like a kind of a tense military versus you know civilian roughneck thing for the first half of the running time. Yeah. I mean that that's that could have been the movie. You could have done this without aliens, and it would it just the storm and it. I mean, the perfect storm did that, I guess, right? So what I do find weird about this film, I guess we'll get into actors. So um, I forgot, I forgot her first name, but Brigman. Ed Harris? No, the woman. Oh, oh, god, uh, sorry. You I just should... said her name in the synopsis. Lindsay. 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 Sorry, I thought you were looking for the actresses. No, name. no, yeah, I just couldn't remember her first name. Um, <clears throat> she, she's meant to be like the queen bitch of the universe. No, but she's also meant to be the scientist who just did it for the science, and she doesn't like all this military stuff, and she's the good guy. Mm. But she still made an oil rig, is her thing. <laughs> like, 
huh, I just want to see if my rig works. It's still like working for oil companies to go and dig up oil under the water. I, I should throw out that Queen Bitch of the Universe has been firmly in my family's lexicon for the past 30 <laughs> plus years. should also say that that's the film calls her that and she calls herself that. That's not just me and Matt. Me and Matt hating on the one woman. No, no, she just yeah, it's a fantastic. She's one of like two or three, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Is at and keep in mind, I'm not saying bald man. I'm saying is Ed Harris films most handsome balding man, especially at this age. He pulls off balding pretty well actually, because normally balding's not great. Mm. I mean, you got to keep Patrick Stewart in mind. Uh, but he, I, I feel like we always call him bald, not balding, even though he keeps. He usually does have the other bit of the back. Yeah. Uh, but he, I mean, Ed Harris has the, like, it's de- he's definitely not bald at this point. He's just right. balding, so. And he's, but he is still, a, like, interest. he's an interesting choice for a leading man. Mm. He's got the chops, for sure. I mean, he's got the pres- the presence is there. He's basically got he's, the looks, but he does seem a little bit like a workaday dude. He's, which, he's a similar role to Bruce Willis in Armageddon. I feel Slightly like Bruce older, Willis has I mean, he was Bruce a little Willis, more so leading man energy. But, like, he's the slightly older character. Like, he's not like a hot young buck. He is actually the leader on that rig. This guy's just on the an, edge, an right? Where, man. like, two years earlier, he probably was a hot young buck. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like I like seeing films that star actual adults. Oh, yeah, yeah. James Cameron has come out and said recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's a, he's a good character. Ed Harris is... One of the, I mean, he's one of the better actors on screen. You know, what's he doing in trash like this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I am kicking myself because I cannot dredge up um, Lindsay's actress. It's, it's very difficult to say. So I, Mary I, Mastrananando. Yeah, like I think I screenshot the page because I knew this would happen. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. I have no problem that I couldn't remember that. Yep. <laughs> I know who she is. I've seen her in multiple movies. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's, it doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? Yeah, she is good in this. She's fine. She is the one who did not like working on this horrible filming underwater for you, six hours a day in a big tank in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I've watched... I, I, well, I watched the uh, maybe the DVD special features or whatever on this time. Right, so yeah, I've yeah. seen, but it's been quite a bit, so can you elaborate? Uh, well, the, the, there was the scene where she's being resuscitated at CPR. Um, Cameron was making them do take after take of her basically lying on the cold floor with her breasts out while a bunch of people sat around her. Least erotic titty scene ever. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah but... <laughs> Nonetheless, for the actress, <laughs> it was very humiliating and eventually just stands up, says, we're not animals, and storms off set. Oh, okay, I've heard that story. It's just been a while. Uh, but then also, yeah, they were filming for, like, in wetsuits in a big water tank all day, every day. And then, like, because they needed it to be dark, they switched to night shoots, so it's really cold. <laughs> they had to get hot tubs on set as, like, a medical necessity. <laughs> and would have like all their meetings in the hot tubs. <laughs> well, hey, you, I, I mean, watching this movie, you know, it's like you got to be oorah making it or you're screwed. Yep. <laughs> and then there were like a couple of close calls with oxygenating people in time. Um, the the liquid they breathe through that is a real thing. Yeah. Um, that's almost what inspired the whole film. Was James Cameron saw a documentary about that? Did Ed Harris do it? No, the rats did. Oh. Well, the rat scenes, that's real. Oh. They are actually in breathing liquid. Ed Harris just faked it, mm. which meant that he had to pretend he was breathing while in a helmet full of water, whilst also underwater. It would have been easy to just do it, wouldn't it? I mean, maybe it's not actually as safe for humans as they were making out in the film. Okay. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> like he came close to dying, and like 
pulled his car over to the road that night and cried. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and but in the interview, he's like, no, the reason I was ups- upset was I was upset with myself because I was a pussy who was scared of death. Hoorah! <laughs> 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 um, of course, Michael Biehn has to be here because this is a James Cameron film. Is this the last of the, like... Michael Bean is ever any James Cameron movie though. Well, he's got the he's cut in scene T2, in T2, but it's cut. Yeah, and then he's not really anything after that. Well, James Cameron didn't really make movies much after that. I mean, he made some Lies big ones. Yeah, True Lies, Titanic, Avatar, obviously big ones, but yeah, it's not like his his film career like has like mm. it's not prolific, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's good here. I mean, you maybe your girlfriend didn't like Stash and that he was evil, but he's good. Oh, he's good at it, yeah. He's yeah. a great baddie. And this shows that he can play, like, a wide variety of roles. Yeah. This is a very different character who he was in Aliens three years earlier. We do not have, um, James... What's his name? James Paxton, is it? Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Why did I say... Because J- James Cameron, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Paxton's not here. I, I guess a uh, hippie would have been his role. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Because he does show up in True Lies and Titanic? Yeah, he's the one um, operating the subs that go down and look at the Titanic. Oh, right. That's okay. I, I've, we've talked about Titanic before. Very briefly. I took four different girls to see Titanic, and I haven't seen it since. Okay. That's, that's the Titanic <laughs> Girls experience. wanted to see Titanic. Oh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm aware of that from friends. I was only dating one of them. <laughs> Just to be clear. I don't know if that's better. Well, at least what one was of them. What the situation with the other three? They were friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not with benefits. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I dated one of them later on. So, okay, that's two of four. But, okay. not, but only one of four when watching Titanic. How many of them did you drown? Hmm. They're all alive, so I guess none of them. Okay. <laughs> How many of them did you drown in pussy? <laughs> wait, wait. How many did I drown in... Wouldn't they have to drown? With how many of them did you drown in their pussy? <laughs> oh! Now we're back down to one of four. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, this is oorah talk? I don't know. I don't know. This is bad. Yeah. Let's pull out of this. <laughs> what, like the, you hopefully did. <laughs> <laughs> um, where were we? Uh, actors. Uh, did Drowning we, in pussy. <laughs> <laughs> did, did we finish with the actors? I mean, there are other people in this movie. But those it's are the got big a big hitters. old cast, but they are very much. They're the, good. They're just they're just people, you know, character actors, right? Well, that's it. That's why it's weird because it's it's a big cast of character actors doing little parts, like you know, very basic one-dimensional character get attached quickly. Like the one girl's like, oh, or woman, let's call her woman. She's like, okay, she pilots the thing. She listens to trucker music. Okay, sure. Yeah, she's and then the you trucker got woman. He's a hippie. Has a pet rat. <laughs> You got like a Vietnam vet. He's there to be suspicious of the soldiers. Oh, what was the uh, guy that freaked out in the uh, Montana sub? Um, I remember who you mean, but I can never remember which. Oh, is that Jammer? Yes, it's Jammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he kind of stood out a little bit. As yeah, he's the having... first one who properly sees the alien. Right, he, that's and then he right. He freaks out and knocks himself out. Or whatever. And then he's like kind of sort of redeeming himself, but he's also kind of sort of shell shocked. It's, it's an yeah. interesting like kind of character arc for him for a small part. Yeah, it's very human. So. That's, what I, that's what I was going to do. They are all done well, but like I said, it's odd to have them in this film because it's not primarily like an action film or a horror film where you need a big cast of characters to chew through, basically. Is 1989 the only time you can make a film like this with this cast? Because Ed Harris, again, not a marquee star. Great actor. Mm. I mean, he's, he's, like, he's like Robert Duvall, isn't he? Like, Robert Duvall is always, like, 
the best supporting actor you can have in your movie, but he doesn't take lead. But Ed yeah. Harris does take lead. Well, I think this is the the interesting point is where we are in Cameron's career, because he was he was the golden child after Aliens and Terminator. Well, Terminator was like a fluke, right? Yeah. Aliens was like, okay, now I'm in the driver's seat fully with a budget. Because then they let him do. make like his dream project, right? With this. But then it comes in over budget, takes too long, and traumatizes the whole cast. <laughs> like, um, it seems weird that he was even able to make T2 the expense, well, most that's expensive movie thinking, of all time after this. T2, I'm wondering if... I've never heard this, but was T2 the... Okay, well, here's what the studio won. One for me, here's one for you. a guaranteed moneymaker, right? Mm. And then, yeah, it made all the money in the world. And then he was allowed to make Titanic and Avatar, which made even more money. <laughs> the two highest grossing films. I nah. I think Endgame is in between them now. Okay. I think and True Lies is no slouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good filmmaker. But yeah, if you want some action. If, if your judge of a good filmmaker is, are his films popular and sell tickets, then you could argue he's the best of all time. Well, uh, inflation and just... Um, Titanic is would the highest David ticket... Lee, would David Titanic is the highest ticket sales of all time. In, even inflation and just... No, yeah, no, specifically ticket sales, not... Cash. Oh, okay. Because I'm sitting because here Avatar coming... made more money, but Titanic, um, Titanic still sold more tickets. I'm just wondering if Hitchcock or David Lean might like. Yeah, like, I don't. All of their films, they probably sold more okay, tickets. Okay, good overall. point. Yeah, yeah. Again, prolific and not prolific. But like, there's the famous story of like when he's asking, they're planning what he's going to do in Avatar, and the studio are trying to give him feedback, and he's like, "I paid for this office you're in. <laughs> I can do what I want." <laughs> that man. How cool would it be to swing your dick around like that? Yeah, right. <laughs> but this was at this weird point where he. He had a bit of dick-swinging power, <laughs> but he wasn't allowed to just do literally whatever he wants. <laughs> but in this movie, he is doing literally whatever he wants for the most part. Yeah, but they still had to, like, come and kick him out of the studio because he was taking too long well, to Well, yeah, special, okay, special edition he's doing exactly yeah. what he wants. And, like, this cast is, like, just, you know, his, a lot of it is just his mates he can get in for films. Yeah, and the people he wants in these roles as opposed to the people who are bankable. Right, but, no, Which but I appreciate. They, it might be that by Titanic he wanted those actors and could afford them. Yeah. Whereas here it's like, okay, here's the ta actors that I want and are in my budget. 1997 Leo, would he. Like, obviously now it's like, yes, you want Leo in your prestige film, but would he in 1997? Well, that's what, I guess that's what made Leo, right? Yeah. Or Romeo and Juliet. But Which that was, was that was the, it, Romeo and Juliet was first. That definitely had him on the map, but as like kind of teen heartthrob, right? Well, I think that's what Cameron wanted. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, okay. So, sure. He didn't exist anyway. He was just well, he was Rose's vision in that um, movie. Titanic and Avatar. I mean, they're not the most star-studded casts. Billy Zane! <laughs> I just want to say his name, that's all. Yeah. Okay. What if... He, I mean, obviously, there's the Schwarzenegger period, where Schwarzenegger is the biggest star in the world. What if but, he remade Titanic, but everyone on the ship was Navi? I'd watch it.
under the sea. Under the sea. Everything's better down where it's wetter. Under the sea. You want Sebastian, the, the crab under here? Like, fucking with them? Uh, I will, okay, I will say, when they go into the Montana... And you see the crab put out the dead guy's mouth? Well, uh, was that, that was more a cockroach, wasn't it? Um, no, I was just thinking of uh, Finding Nemo's, like, shipwreck scene with the shark. I haven't seen Finding Nemo in, like, ten years. I don't remember there was a shipwreck. It's got a shipwreck and a shark. Really and, and then Little Mermaid also has a shipwreck. Cause yeah, because it's the ship from she's Frozen. Fine, yeah, she's getting spoons. Oh, you're right. She's getting spoons and shit. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been to that um, shipwreck with my friends Donald and Goofy. Oh, where, where, they, where, the, where, the, where Frozen's parents died? That's her name, right? Yeah. Frozen and Elsa, is it? Frozen and Die Hard. Actually, it should be Anna, be Anna Frozen. and Frozen. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, because Anna's the one who gets frozen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, people get frozen in this movie. Um, it's Maybe. cold under the sea. I, they do I, do, I mean, they make quite a bit out of that. They, they have, like, fucking, you know, like, spaceship, like, we're out of oxygen and it's getting cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have explored more of we explored space the moon than, surface sea. than the under the sea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that's part of James Cameron's vibe, I guess, because mm. uh, he's made space movies at least, right? How scared are you of the under the sea? Sorry, uh, the, the song. No, just like the the deeps of our ocean. Um, the depths of our ocean, because uh, here, here I, I we've talked before. I've worked at the whale camp or something, mm. right? Where we would go on a ship, uh, sometimes a sailing ship, sometimes a lobster ship, once or twice a week looking for whales. I do remember the only time we did not see any whales was a very choppy day. Mm. And there were maybe maybe 20 people on the ship. This is a schooner. And 16 of them were out back like vomiting or trying not to vomit. Where me and a couple students were out at the prow of the boat like, Ha ha! King of the world shit, right? You know? Nice. It was a roller coaster ride. Now, if I went under deck, mm. I would instantly vomit. Okay. Yeah. But I was very happy to be on the prow of a bouncing boat screaming <laughs> when I was 24 years old. 23 years old, something like that. Um, under the sea, though... Because there's some weird stuff under the sea. Okinawa, I was very happy to go diving and looking at weird shit. Yeah, but that's not like Mariana Trench under the sea. Oh, yeah, but it, there's some <laughs> slimy shit. There's like sea yeah. snakes. I saw sea snakes that had enough poison to definitely kill you. Um, our our ex-co-workers, very athletic, active guys, like Andrew and Joe, right? Mm. They chickened out. Like, I was like, I'm going to swim way out there and find, look and see what's in that color for coral. coral. And they're like, we don't feel comfortable swimming out that far. <laughs> and, I, and at that time, I was still fat, Matt. So I was like, huh. what? <laughs> I went to the beach with them, with Andrew and others, and I swam out to the rocks and got shouted out by the lifeguard, and they didn't come with me. Oh, there are no lifeguards here. This oh, is yeah, just, a, just a batch just of coral. Also, yeah. that same day, Matt, got stumped out of jellyfish. Still, still got a coral scar. Nice. So that's from under the sea. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I I felt I used to think I was claustrophobic. I would definitely be claustrophobic on like a submarine. Well, I've learned I'm a, okay. I go nuts on a submarine. That's for sure because I want to take a walk. Yeah. Um, I I think I'm more agoraphobic. It's like people. Uh, like, okay. I, I was in uh, Shinjuku a few weeks ago. It was the most. We they just started laying forward tourists back in Japan. Mm. It was the most crowded Shinjuku I've ever been in. I didn't have any particular fear of covid -y. There were a lot of people not wearing masks, surprisingly, in Shinjuku. I, I was. Um, but that didn't bother me. And also, I just don't... I've had it. I don't have a general fear. But I, you know, I'm not trying to piss people off, right? 
But so I was doing my thing, right? But it was real crowded, and just the density of people made me uncomfortable. That's what made me uncomfortable. It definitely was not the the contamination aspect. That's a common thing. I that's never bothered me. Um, I'm a little claustrophobic. Like if I see videos of people who crawl into caves, I can't imagine doing that. <laughs> that okay, that's where I okay. That I I used to do caving. I mm. used to be a like kind of a splunker. I'd go like not on the tour, but on the like where gonna have to change clothes at the end of the ship for sure and we're sleeping in the cave yeah. and I would go through those little crevices where if it wasn't muddy you'd never make it through and that didn't bother me it's just a bunch of people that bother me okay <laughs> yeah no yeah that that I that bothered. I'm the other way around I oh shit I had to do a we have to strip down to our skivvies and go through damn <laughs> And we're muddy. Yeah. So I've done that. So I guess it's not claustrophobic. I guess. Yeah, I- you're definitely not claustrophobic. What are you talking about? <laughs> but then if a bunch of people, again, Japan, taller, so it's not as bad. But um, mm. I did flip out a little bit in Nagano City where we had the Lantern Festival a few years ago. And I went there and it, I took my daughter. It was just insanely crowded. I was like, like getting really uncomfortable. Mm. So I, I, for you, it sounds like me going in my underwear through a mud slide yeah. I that don't only fits like me is worse. being in a crowded situation that much but just because of inconvenience it doesn't bother me yeah but no the I, under the sea like I don't think I have it now but there was a period where I just like the idea of some of that stuff that's under there used to freak me out I've just been snorkeling I guess that's the thing I've been a bit of snorkeling I like it yeah I haven't even been scuba diving because there was a boy scout I there was a are we going to go hiking for two weeks and the desert, or are we going to go to the sea base and learn to scuba? Matt's vote was actually for scuba. Um, we we went on a two-week um, brush and desert hike. Okay. Also good, but I... Hey, sea base, man. Would have been cool. Uh, uh, we already did some theme park dork talk. Um, the vibe of the abyss is very similar to Epcot Center's, Disney World's, The Living Seas. Okay. You would come in uh, Poseidon in the original, Poseidon was like the main thing of the ride, but that's not what they made because it would have been too expensive. But there's a, a pre-show where Poseidon tries to make you shit yourself about the seas. Then you would get in little sea carriages and just slowly go through and see their giant indoor aquarium, uh, indoor tank. And then it was just like this very kind of Star Trek sea base you'd go around. Like, hmm. it, was, it, it was kind of an abyss vibe. Okay. Yeah. That might be one of the reasons I actually did like this movie, like, from the get-go. Huh. Because I like the living seas, and I like yeah. this. That that's a vibe I like. Although I haven't really spent much time living in the seas. Because I like the sort of um, Lovecraftian, you know, things from beyond or under the oceans vibe, and I love it once you are seeing the aliens and seeing the spaceship and all of that. Mm. But just the the rigmarole of being on a submarine, I don't find very interesting. I found the rigmarole of their sea base twenty twenty one. It's Sea Base 1989. Yeah, yeah. Sea Base 1989. Well, actually, this movie was set in 1994 for uh. some weird reason. Um, <laughs> but the Sea Base, I was like thinking about, like, how would I live on the Sea Base? The submarine, I was out. In Great Park, because it was military. I don't want to be. I don't want to be on the military submarine. If mm. it was like a, if it was like um, Wes Anderson's, you know, like quirky submarine, I might be into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron likes doing that. Saying this film just slightly of the future. Because T2 does it as well. Oh, yeah. Just so he could age up John Connor to be a slightly less annoying age. What, what, so Terminator is 84 then? I think Terminator is, yeah. Okay, because maybe it's not. Oh, no, it literally it says today. 
<laughs> he makes a big jump with uh, Aliens. That's 70 years after the original Aliens. 74 yeah. years after the original Aliens. Yeah. Uh, I think that number's right. If anyone wants to call me out on it, you might be right. But that's what I remember. And I've seen Alien more times than I should admit to. But not recently, so... I will be fun. I will be fun. I will be interested in uh, revisiting that one. I do like sort of um, David Attenborough, Blue Planet, Under the Sea, animal stuff. That's cool. Like real deep sea. Like when they're like, oh, the deep sea is so dark that we got these lights. I'm like, yeah, of course there's lights. There's bioluminescence. There's weird shit way deep, you know? That would be creepy shit too. Uh, Again, Nemo makes you sell that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Or Dory. I don't remember which one. And then, you know, whales and sharks are cool. Dolphins, manta rays. Yeah. I did tell you that my Canadian double feature was Freddy vs. Jason and Finding Nemo, I think, in, in the Freddy vs. Jason podcast, but that's what happened. I think you have told me that, yeah. <laughs> for me, I think I just went for a phase when I was a kid after seeing, like, microscope pictures of shrimps for the first time of just being scared of that kind of sea life for a little bit. I think the Jellyfish Museum would make me uncomfortable. Oh, I love jellyfish. Uh, but surrounded by jellyfish just bobbing around? Yeah, they're like space aliens. They're cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, Encounter at Farpoint, uh, mm. original TNG Star Trek episode, uh, that has a very similar creature to these oh, aliens. Oh, man, you got to play Elden Ring. It's yeah. full of ghost jellyfish floating around oh, in okay. the sky. <laughs> <laughs> But that was a late 80s thing, too, wasn't it? We got, like, the weird amorphous jellyfish aliens. Yeah. A little bit of close encounters when you look... Or butterflies, in this case. They got well, a, um, Cameron specifically said he wanted this to be for the sea what close encounters was from space. But they're still from space. No, but just, like, in terms of visual effects. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was like, our under the water... I thought he might even have said um, 2001. Oh, well, the run through the, the ship is certainly that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my note was actually, this looks like a psychedelic skate park. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also cool. It's not, I'm not slamming it by saying that. Um, but the aliens, the design, when I saw the aliens, the thing I was reminded of was Independence Day. You know when the Independence Day alien, the bioscale Oh, yeah, but these ones up. are cute, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's the way that's like the little head in the big hood. The, this, the, the one at the end, the last like time you guys. see when he gives you like a little salute. Yeah, yeah, I like, like, I like these guys. Hey, buddy, 10-4. <laughs> I like that. probably watched it as a kid but I've basically never seen the theatrical cut like does it work as a film no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of look at the acting it's good it's incoherent like what the aliens are asking doing whatever at the end makes no sense because this special edition adds some important plot points yeah because yeah like when you watch the full film now it's, the Cold War element is like what the film is about <laughs> <laughs> it's about yeah it, in fact it's very Star Trek in this right it's yeah. like 
okay, if you're going to kill each other, we are going to just end this because you're eventually going well, to get well, to I, us. Well, I compare it to would be um, um, Day of the Earth Still. Still. Yeah. This is a better Day of the Earth Still remake than the Day of the Earth Still remake. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> I wonder how Robert Wise, the Abyss, would have worked out. Because <laughs> hey, he had that in the original one, you know, Star Trek The Motion Picture under his belt, he'd be another contender for this. So he is too old by 89 yeah. to really take on this. Maybe he wasn't. Well, also, there was no one to take it on because it's literally just James Cameron's idea. Yeah, and I don't think Robert... I think he had mostly retired from directing by this point anyway. But mm. but it is like synthesis. Like, there's a very hard sci-fi idea here that mostly got scrubbed from the theatrical cut. And I think it had a big part to do with the tsunami effects. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, they did a practical version. It just didn't work. Mm. Um, they had to cut the tsunami, so they cut the whole subplot. Right, which and then, takes the whole subtext out of the film. Once the CGI was good enough, they put out the film. And it's still dodgy looking, but it, it's, 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 it it's good it enough, well, and yeah. you know you're watching a special edition. Like, it, it was, it's dodgy for a James Cameron film. If, if it had been Independence, Independence Day, it would have been fine, you know? A deep Impact, of course, ten years or so later, I think maybe eight, whatever, but it... it it was able to finesse it more because they had better effects at the mm. time, you know? Uh, not as good a movie, though. But we were talking earlier about, like... Got Robert Duvall, though. Um, when Cameron got his ability to swing his dick around. <laughs> and it was like he was given a five-movie deal and he made them include you can go back and do whatever you want to the abyss. And, like, a budget for that. <laughs> sure, that makes sense. I mean, because... Yeah, and that's, you know, that's T2 money, basically. Anyone could have seen, like, this movie was somewhat flawed in its theatrical release. Most, like, I, I was emailing you or messaging you before that. Yeah, the theatrical cut's, like, mildly incoherent. Because mm. um, that whole military thing doesn't work as well. Because it's, you got this guy Is going it? nuts, but why? You know, right, like, yeah, he's yeah. got, like, a little more impetus here. You got the TV coverage. Um, yeah. I, I think there's very little TV stuff in, in the original cut, if I remember correctly. Mm. So, yeah, when Ed Harris ends up in the aliens air bubble it just like doesn't make any sense right like i think there's like you guys are vi i think they go still have the war footage right there's like you guys are violent he's mm. like oh no we're not violent but we have love you have love okay and then boom up to the surface that doesn't make any sense right yeah, yeah, yeah. um it, it the theatrical cut it, it's a you know like honestly he probably should have made t2 first Mm. I mean, if we had, like, a crappier T-1000, would that be okay? No. Okay, because this... T-2 is the greatest film. So. Well, I'm just saying this did obviously pioneer that CGI yeah, oh, yeah. with the uh, water tendrils. So he probably... It, it would have been a crappier T-1000 if he had done it the other way around. Anything that would change Terminator 2 in any way was bad. So fixing <laughs> this a few years afterwards works for you? Yes. So this film works in yeah. the special edition? Yeah. Well, that's what's important. Everything I mean, works the out in the end. Cinematic cut came out before I was born, so of course I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the theatrical cut, you still get, like, this awesome rig. You still get all the, like, You still get the stuff. water CGI, yeah, the water get, creature. You get the is, water creature, you get all the... Oh, uh, that looks decent now. That must have been crazy in 1989. It was. Yeah. Oh, it was. When it <laughs> makes the face in 1989? Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. I, I, was, I was there in the theater seat, and I remember, because... Now it's like whatever. It's like it's like rudimentary CGI. But yeah, at the time it was like whoa, that you know, ten years old in the theater seat. It was a mind blower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, barely imagine. I mean, there are certain points in film where it's like you were there, you weren't. And yeah. That that is one of them. I mean, T two is one of them as well, isn't it? Well, T two is the one that's remembered because people watched it. Right, but the, yeah. <laughs> 
but like you said, this this wasn't a flop. No, but it, it, just, it, might as, it was close. It was close to a flop. But people it was like a 50 go, million US gross. Also, it was just like, yeah, so, I mean, 50 million means a lot of people saw it in 89. Just, it was an expensive film. Mm. So, yeah. What, yeah, what, what an alien. I don't know, movie. what was it? What was a movie ticket in 89? Uh, I'm going to say five bucks just off the top of my brain. So, that's like 10 million tops. Yeah. Okay. So it's not We also had the dollar series. I'm pretty sure we saw it like first run and then a few months later probably went back and saw it again at the dollar theater. So okay. um I, I don't even know how that factors. This this one I guess didn't get the video bump that a lot of clock classics do. Mm. Uh, and at least until the special edition. I, I don't know if well, that the problem or not. We ran into, right? This is a hard film to even get hold of. Oh, now I, James Cameron still seems to kind of keep it in his back pocket. Yeah. Like, this is not one that he wants to put in his deals. Well, is, it, is it just because he's he's so obsessed with getting this underwater stuff right that he doesn't want this one where he feels he didn't get it right out I there? I think that's the case. Um, like you said, uh, on, on the oral hygiene, maybe we'll take a look at Ghost of the Abyss and see how that pans out. Because yeah. I... I I probably saw it in IMAX when it was new. Okay. And, but I currently have no memory of it. So. It's all on YouTube, so it is yeah. like 90 minutes long. But okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it. I don't it. think Matt has any problem watching a 90-minute Titanic documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I can handle that for sure. Because there was also, I think, a, the Robert Ballard one, because he mm. was the first guy to actually get down there. Yeah. Um, not, but he hasn't made it as deep as James Cameron. But yeah, uh, he hasn't yeah. gone on board and had lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Robert Ballard was was the the original. Like I made it to the Titanic guy, right? Okay. So and um, James Cameron made it, owned it, and then went deeper somewhere else, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, we've got eventually actually Titanic, and then I I remember when Avatar came out. The, immediately it was like, oh yeah, the sequel's going to be about underwater. Was that like, immediate? He, yeah, he, he James Cameron was saying that from like day one. I did a, intentionally av- and have been intentionally avoiding watching the trailer for. I saw the trailer at the cinema, and that's it. Okay, I've not seen, seen that. that. I've not seen that. So and it's like it's barely a trailer. Yeah, it's like his three shots of the film and some music. I think he has a kid in it. That's all I know. A kid is in it. Yeah, it might not be his kid. Yeah, yeah right. I don't know that. <laughs> I mean, for, I saw a still shot, a still image, so mm. I kind of assumed it was. But hey, I don't know. So yeah. When was the last time you watched Avatar? Uh, probably 10 years ago. Mm. Okay, let's do a bit now. Because we're going to be doing an Avatar podcast in the mm-hmm. not-too-distant future. What's your current read on Avatar? In the James Cameron filmography? filmography? Just, yeah, like, how do you feel about that film? It's probably better in True Lies. Um, I never felt particularly down on it. There was definitely a backlash on that one where, mm. ah, he's just recycling things. I'm like, okay, yes, you def- the exosuit definitely came from a previous film. Um, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I never had particularly bad feelings about it. My, my worst feeling is it did the 3D right, and then everything after it did the 3D wrong, and now we finally don't care about the 3D anymore. Mm. Did, did 3D, like, sink that one a bit? Uh, I, well... The, the thing you hear people bring up now is... Um, it's from Goalie. Um, everyone watched Avatar, but no one can remember anything from it. I can remember and no, from Avatar. Yeah. No, I'd be too. Yeah, and okay. So that's, that's, the, that's the gag you see people bring up all the time. So uh, name three characters from Avatar. Huh? Oh, name them? I can, I can think of them. Yeah. Well, we got, we got John, Giovanni Ribisi, right? We got Scorny Weaver. We've got that guy that was in a bunch of movies around 2010. Now he's not because he didn't have a personality. Yeah. Sam Worthington, huh? Yes, yeah, Sam Worthington. Okay, <laughs> so I can name the actors at least. 
Um, uh, the the hardcore dude that's in the exosuit, who's he was also in Terra Nova, the TV show. Ah, he was good in that too. Terra. Okay, did you ever see Terra Nova? Nope. Steven Spielberg produced as in he was probably just like signing checks, right? Okay. Um, it's it's about people in the overcrowded, horrible future, and they find like a time a one way time gate to like prehistoric time, so like we'll go back to their star city. Mm. It wasn't bad. It was one season. I I it felt like it had Avatar vibes, even though it's Spielberg. Yeah, and for me, maybe that kind of made me also like Avatar better because I'm like, oh, Avatar was the fully fleshed out like screen version of this vibe with with fewer dinosaurs. Well, no dinosaurs if we were being technical. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've never I've never had Avatar hate. Um, it's not my favorite Cameron film either, but yeah. Nah. Well, they yeah, made T two okay, and, yeah. and this I, I still put the abyss above Avatar because it because yeah. it has the dots in it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I would put Avatar about the Abyss because I do find the Abyss quite boring. Okay, I, I yeah. <laughs> I, I just I like. The I theatrical cut, on lot of cut the wrong twenty minutes off. Yeah, I do think this film needs twenty minutes cut off. Right, just somewhere else. Okay, because <laughs> like there's a lot of time at the start where it's just slowly going down to investigate a mystery that the audience already knows the answer to. <laughs> yeah, I have to say the thing that you would cut is some of the sea footage which I'm sure Cameron just Cameron would, would never want to cut that yeah that's the problem so he cut some other stuff and then the effects he couldn't do at the time which mm -hmm. incapacitated the story I, I probably would have much as they were all fine I would have trimmed down the cast quite a lot and I think it helped here that the Ballard getting down to the Titanic was about this time it might have been a year later <laughs> might have been 89 I don't remember but that as a kid like oh my god this guy went to a titanic hey here's the sea film All oh because apparently the thing i was watching because abyss ended up taking quite a while to make other studios rushed out sea movies like leviathan and something else which flopped yeah um, and that made the studio very worried that abyss was going to flop too apparently americans could have pronounced abyss <laughs> <laughs> just change the why do an i they can handle it Yep, and then if it don't do that, <laughs> pander to them, fucking sorcerer's stone bullshit over here. Um, and then apparently a lot of people assumed it was Phil a horror Sci movie. Pfizer? <laughs> people were assuming it was a horror movie, so they were disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely remember Leviathan, like on VHS, and mm -hmm. um, uh, Deep Blue Sea a few years later, where Samuel Jackson is famously eaten by a shark. Or Deep Blue Sea is the reason my. Um, friend Amelia is still scared of sharks to this day. <laughs> you think it'd be Jaws? Okay. Uh, Jaws only killed like three people. Yeah, also, we're not boomers. <laughs> <laughs> This is definitely a good how did it hold up sort of um, question. Uh, again, it's a kind of a hard movie to track down. You bought it a used DVD, was it? It wasn't used, it was in its cellophane. 
Oh, okay, good for you. Yeah, it was a DVD off Amazon. Yeah, but the whole point is, it was like like Amazon Marketplace sort of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it, it was not available on any of the streaming services. Yeah, you can't stream it anywhere. That's even even if I was years. willing to pay Amazon to stream it, it wasn't available. <laughs> um, I, you're looking up something. Is this is this? A... No, this is not relevant. Oh, it's not relevant. Okay, so. <clears throat> I, I have a pretty soft spot for this film, seeing it first at age 10, seeing it get better a few years later, having watched it several times because it was something that we had like proper, nice commercial VHS copies of. I'm sitting here thinking if I ever had it on DVD, and I'm not sure. <laughs> this is it might have been 20 years since I watched it. Theoretically, I like. <laughs> so the... The idea of this underwater sci-fi is really cool. It's pretty hard sci-fi, I think. I mean, we got yeah, some oh, yeah, alien yeah. wackadree doodle, but, you know, you can, uh, again... Yeah, yeah, that you, doesn't make it not hard sci-fi. Right. Because it still... It approaches it realistically. It doesn't handle it. It takes the magic. 2001 tact of we are only using existing tech or things that are, like, eminently possible. So, yeah, possible. Well, it did the 2001 tract of everything the humans do is existing tech or feasible like future tech mm. and the aliens are unknowable and alien right which is cool that's a vibe I really dig they show them in this one but yeah but even so they're still like angels to us right they're godlike mm. almost right they don't like explain how any of the alien tech works aliens of the past a angels right yeah <laughs> goblins let's not get into mention alien stuff <laughs> no. no I'm just talking about like like the general idea of how we interpret like weird stuff is oh man changed. we should talk about the blip okay you know the blip what's the blip the blip is the insanely loud, unexplained sound they recorded underwater. Oh, where? Uh, I can't remember. Not for this movie. No, 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 a real thing. Okay. Is it the blip? Wait, which one's the blip and which one's wow? Wow. There's another that's just like the wow signal. So because... I know about all the horrible sounds of space, like the rings of Saturn have some kind of sound they've synthesized. Oh, there we go. Nope. Are you trying to play me the blip? No, I was trying to search for the blip, and guess what all the results are now? Pornography? Marvel. Oh. Ah, oh, right. <laughs> Basically, there's a couple of incidents of, like, really loud, really inexplicable sounds that have been recorded underwater, mm. and they've got no idea. Have you ever had exploding head syndrome? No, I've heard about it, though, okay. possibly from you. Okay. <laughs> I've had it happen a few times. Okay. <laughs> just, uh, I'm just wondering if that's the same kind of thing, where it's kind of like you're kind of trying to go to sleep, and it's sort of like you're auditory nerves or whatever it's like are we sure and no because this is check. being recorded by equipment in multiple locations yeah once. I don't this know is... if you're going to record but I'm just thinking it might be the same kind of like intrusive horrible sound mm. yeah. yeah like floating head syndrome there's not actually a sound right oh right I don't think there's actually a sound but this is a real nerves. sound <laughs> okay yeah um, but yeah anyway well that's Gluther uh, right Luther. Lex Luthor? I'm saying no, no. I'm saying it wrong because my brain's imploding. Lovecraft, Cthulhu. Oh, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. I couldn't get the yeah, yeah, yeah. out. No, no, yeah, and you know I like me some Lovecraft. I love a bit of Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah, that's making. I love a bit of Atlantis. Anything that's like there's something weird under there because you know it's big. Maybe there is. You like wet movies? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, ironically, this is quite a dry film. <laughs> so that's my point, right? I like elements of this film a lot, but I don't think it's a film that I can just sit and watch a lot. Not a comic really, except for the hippie, and he's not funny. Yeah, um, I mean, he's not like offensively not funny. He's just not that funny. Well, there's not a lot of comic relief, and there's not a lot of excitement, mm. and there could be like a slow tension. Yeah, but the film is just a bit too slow for it to feel tense. 
a week after this movie ends, do you think the um, that Lindsay and Bud are going to be split up again and the Earth's going to be nuking each other? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it definitely wasn't... Like, we've done two films today because we just recorded Brain Dead. Right. Two films Brainstorm. about... Re- Brainstorm, yeah. <laughs> two films about reconciling a marriage. Mm. That one was definitely much more believable. Oh, well, yeah, the whole crux of the plot was based on, like actual human relationships whereas this this is, is like we went through a wild experience so we want to fuck again but we're gonna get over it oh yeah yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's trauma-based stuff right? Yeah, right like you have a traumatic experience together you're closer and um a brainstorm was more like um they actually learned you, to understand each other's feelings and work through their problems like adults yeah yeah because i mean Lindsay might be bitching out again soon and bud might just get involved with his rig again soon you know but um, or something again soon Cameron and Heard were divorcing as they made this film. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, that probably factored in. <laughs> um, apparently, they were very professional about it. Oh, good for them. Everyone okay. loves to say that James Cameron was very professional. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> no. Is screaming professional? No, I don't, think, I don't think he's a screaming guy. No, okay. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not a guy that I can picture what he does on set very much, you know? And even directors, we think we know what they do on set. We probably don't. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what their vibe was. So... Yeah, I, Avatar. What, Avatar Two is is it just all what green all green screen or what do they do for that? It's do you know? hella CG. Yeah, but they they did do a lot of underwater filming. I, I did come out of the original Avatar just sitting there being like, I watched a CG movie for the most part. Very good CG, but yeah, definitely. I did come out being like, oh, that was kind of an animated movie, which which Disney learned nothing from because now they're making these ridiculous CG versions of their animated movies like. Yeah, like, but they're not putting in the time or money that can. Yeah. Like, there's Avatar Two has taken, like, what is it, eleven years to make, mm. and he basically spent all that time on this film. Yeah. So it's gonna look damn good, even if it is all CG. Well, no, we're yes. Right. You're pumping out three Marvel films a year, <laughs> and you're giving the VFX houses like a month to do every. <laughs> shit. No, because yesterday, yeah, we pulled out like I just spotted like the we were in a. This will sound weird to folks in the UK and UK, uh, US and UK, but a, a rental place. Mm-hmm. And I picked up the Lion King CGI remake box. I'm like, what? Why? Huh? And we all laughed about it. Yeah, it's like actively worse than the original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas, yeah, like if Cameron is probably like, he's filmed the actors as much as he needs to, he's painstakingly like taken reference photographs and worked on everything, it's going to look good. Are we going to Whereas- get 2012 Sam Worthington in this movie? Oh, um, are we going to see Hugh and Sam Worthington at all? Oh, yeah, I guess he's a, he's a Navi now. He's a 100% Navi now, yeah. yeah. Are we going to see a 2012... So- no, she's dead. Okay, I yeah, guess... Yeah, I don't think most of the cast need to come back. Good yeah. for him, he's got an out. Okay. Also, I think it might just be set 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically what I'm getting at is that CG is not inherently a problem. It's just that the director has to be thinking about the CG when he's doing everything else. Right. Whereas too many films are made these days of just, we'll do it in post. But then what you filmed, it has not been filmed in a way that it's easy for them to do anything in post. <laughs> uh, Marvel don't even bother to do makeup on their actors now because they can CGI it in post. That's depressing. <laughs> also because, you know, makeup artists have a union. Mm. Computer effects guys don't. It, it was interesting how our Star Wars had a, just a brief blip another blip of um, maybe we'll start doing practical effects again but it seems that that's now the that, three films that did that is, yeah that, the third one didn't oh that's true yeah. <laughs> the, that thought is now kind of falling my way it's like well man and Lauren they were like oh we can just make virtual sets which do look good but once I start watching Kenobi and knew what they were doing you can yeah. see it more you know 
Well, Mandalorian had like the physical Yoda puppet and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of costumes, so that mm. was cool. Yeah. Like, I don't think Robert Downey Jr. has worn an Iron Man suit since like Iron Man Two. <laughs> um, anything else you want to throw on the abyss? Um, no. Jump into the abyss. I mean, I guess it is quite possible that a lot of our listeners haven't seen it. Mm. And although I have sounded quite down on it, you should watch it once. It's a film you should watch. I've seen it a lot. If you can. <laughs> it's just that, for me, like, The Terminators, Avatar, they're films I can rewatch Because they're action and excitement and fun all the way through. Even Titanic, actually, I find quite rewatchable. Mm. Whereas this, I don't think I'm going to be rushing to rewatch it anytime soon. <laughs> I will eventually, but it's not high on my list. Okay. Want to do a thing? The thing you hate? Um... You can find this podcast on Twitter at MLSFSPod. It was on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you search Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Want to help keep it online? You can throw us a dollar a month by going to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastios. Word up. And now we're going to plunge into the abyss as people maybe want to come to the temple. Uh, they seem to have passed pretty much right through. Yeah, but they're walking down a path of nowhere. Mm.